Welcome to the Big Boys Podcast. In this landmark episode, we bring the trailer for Woke Charles Bronson to life. That's right, the brilliant movie conceived on this very podcast finally gets a script for a promotional trailer. Experience history as we read it for the very first time this week on Big Boys. Prepare to be mesmerized and or mortified. Well, what's happening there? Old Souls here had him something that. You son of a... Ah, yeah, clever. Kind of soft and only like in one ear. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Look at those boys, ain't they? With Brian Hickey and John the Great. Oh, all right. We're on episode four now, dog. Correct. And, uh, yeah. And um, I got some segments for us. I, I don't know if you saw your uh, email there, but we have ourselves uh, another Chat GBT movie trailer. I saw that. Yeah. Um, but before we get to the, that order of business, I want to I want to take care of a couple of things, uh, and and hopefully in in uh, a way of inspiring uh, continued growth with our viewer and listenership. Um, you know, I I just been noticing that um, you know, like I I think I mentioned before that uh, the uh, majority of our audience is uh, coming from from California. Um, and uh, Texas, which is, you know, obviously where we're broadcasting from. And shout out to our, our Texans and our Californians. We really appreciate the love and uh, we love you right back. And uh, we're going to keep doing this thing. Um, but also, I feel like there's a couple like uh, the percentage of our viewership uh, and listenership is uh, is growing outside of this country as well. And, um, you know, the analytic. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting because like. Um, we have uh, the same amount of percentage of people listening or viewing. I don't know how they didn't really get into the weeds and the analytics, but um, anyways, we have uh, we have people following our podcast. The same amount of people in um, in the United Kingdom as we do uh, as well with uh, Canada, um, and then of course we also have like some smaller countries like uh, um, you know Romania, Kazakhstan, whatever, however you say that. And like just a bunch of different, you know, little pockets of the world are, are, are tuning in. And I want to acknowledge them and uh, thank them for listening. Uh, more specifically, though, uh, uh, United Kingdom and Canada, which for some reason, I guess is Canada's North America. Like you could just see more of the analytics versus, um, you know, I, I click on the United Kingdom and all it tells me is that uh, <clears throat> is that or it doesn't even say like specific cities or, you know areas um just says england is uh where our listenership is coming from there and hey we uh we thank you england but dude canada man they coming dude, through for us they coming through for us man we i gotta you know first, first of all we gotta we gotta say what's up to saskatchewan man i don't know uh who we know over there um or but uh they're digging us over there buddy that's um 60% of our, our uh, viewer and listenership in, in, uh, in Canada is, uh, is coming from the, the Skash dog. 
Nice. And we uh, we certainly appreciate it. Um, please uh, continue listening and watching and uh, tell your friends. And hey, just because that's where the chunk of uh, our Canadian viewer and listenership is coming from doesn't mean that we don't also see you, Quebec, Alberta, Manitoba, British Columbia, Ontario. We see you and we thank you. Please continue to tune in. Um, and then uh, a little bit less, but, you know, it's a smaller country. So um, I feel like they should also get acknowledged. Like I was saying that, you know, some smaller countries are also uh, are uh, making up our listenership, too. And it's like, you know, most of them are a little bit, le- you know, less than one percent. But what, following right behind uh, the United Kingdom and Canada is Romania. And so we, we, we want to give a shout out to um and I apologize because uh, uh, the, the dumb American that is speaking is definitely going to say this wrong. But Judah Tool Dambavita, uh, what's up to our viewer and listeners over there? We thank you. Keep tuning in. Yes, please. You know? And John, you know how I'm, uh, you know, I just live this podcast, man. I live it. I am. I live and breathe. I am big boys. I am, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all about it. I'm all There's about not a growing. lot of exaggeration. Yeah. There's not, you know. It's almost like, you know, the just the transition of Vin Diesel and Dom Toretto. They're just they just merge into one. You know? They are one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I am, you know, I can't I will never speak for you, you know, because um, you're your own man, you know, but I could definitely say for me, like this podcast is, you know, I, I sense myself merging with it and I, I'm excited to see it grow. And I'm taking measures um, to make sure that it grows uh, exponentially and continues to grow. However, um. I, I don't know how, how much you're aware of this because, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you got your own life and I don't know what's going on in your life, but I, I haven't, I have reached out to you a few times about, um, you know, furthering help promoting, um, our, our podcast. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately for whatever reason, I know you're over there, uh, you know, with your fucking, uh, red Robin knockoff t-shirt, just running, uh, you know, no man, that's Riley's tavern, right? Yeah. Uh, tomato, tomato um to tavern but um you know i know you're over there running your fortune 500 companies that we can't you know mention um but also it's just like i feel like i've been reaching out to you about um helping continue this growth uh uh, of our social uh networking and um you have have done you know i'm not a i'm not a mathematician i'm not a percentage guy but i I feel like it's you have done zero percent and uh and um, helping us uh, grow with social network and posting and um, doing these short form clips that you said that you were going to do. And I'm sure you got your reasons. And, you know, the old Brian, the old Brian would, uh, you know, he would, he would yell, he would cuss. He'd be like, Hey, you lazy fuck. What are you doing? But that ain't me anymore. You know, you know me, John, you know, I hear that. That shows real growth. It's, that's, yeah. that's impressive. And I'm a grower, not a shower. Yeah. See, I appreciate that. And um, so I turned to, um, and I've, I've just been having these worries. And so I, I turned to our friend that has been really helping us out a lot this season. And, you know, I'm just like, I, I have these concerns, but I just don't know how to put them into words. What, ChatGPT? So I turned to our good friend, ChatGPT. Nice. Um, and I uh, asked, uh, you know, I'll, just give, I'll give you the specific input I gave to it and remember that i i wrote this um with love okay just keep that in mind 
if it sounds like I feel guilty at any point, just remember I was raised Catholic, so that's just inherent. But um, I, I turned to our good friend Chad GPT oh, and I wrote. Please write me an intervention letter for my podcasting host who said he was going to create short videos for our social media content. His name is John the Great, and he's a great dude. Yeah. But he needs to know he kind of sucks. And I, I, I put sucks with four U's with love, with love. He kind of sucks for not helping promote the podcast. And, you know, our good friend Chad GPT took in this information digested it and, you know, came up with an answer and put it into, into words that, you know, I, I feel in my heart, but I couldn't have expressed without itself. And it, um, so I would, if, if you would, um, please, please take this seriously and say, and take this to heart because I, I, I'm going to read um, uh, this uh, intervention because that's what this is, John, this intervention letter for your intervention. That's current. I, right I, I feel intervened. Yes. <clears throat> All right, I'll start. Just please don't leave the room, okay? Okay, I'll try not to break into tears. All right. <sighs> Dear John the Great. Oh, see, already. I hope this letter finds you well. First and foremost, I want to express my appreciation for your involvement as my podcasting co-host. We've embarked on an exciting journey together. And I believe our show has the potential to make a significant impact in the podcasting world. This is all true, John. This is very true. You know, it's from the, the, the words of Chad GBT, but from my heart. wild how it knows, yeah. Yeah, it knows me from all the input I've been giving it. Today, however, I want to discuss something that has been bothering me. And I hope you'll hear it out with an open mind and an open heart. John, is your... Mind and heart open. Ooh, I don't know. My mouth's open. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. That's all, I'll take it. Yeah. John, my intention here is not to criticize or belittle you, because I'm not that guy anymore, but rather to share my concerns about the promotional efforts for our podcast. We started this venture together, envisioning great success and growing audience. However, yeah, I feel that we haven't been maximizing our potential because our social media content is lacking in consistency and engagement. Specifically, I want to address the issue of the short videos you mentioned creating but haven't yet delivered. You are undoubtedly a talented individual. I think that's, you know, uh, Chad GPD is kind of leaning a little heavy on that. But <clears throat> yeah, even I'm wondering about that yeah. one, but... Uh. And your contributions to our podcast have been invaluable. But it's important for us to acknowledge that promotion and engagement with our audience are key factors in reaching new listeners and building a dedicated fan base. I mean, don't you want to be able to go and meet our fans in Romania at some point? Go to Saskatchewan and say, sup, dogs. Don't you want that for us? I, I would. Uh, I mean, we have those fans. I'd like to meet them. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I just got so emotional. An autograph, yeah. I, I, lo I lost my place. I lost my place. Um, <clears throat> I believe that we are we both bear the responsibility of promoting our show, and that includes sharing engagement content and on social media platforms. By creating short videos for our social media channels, we have an opportunity to captivate a wider audience and give them a taste of what our podcast is all about. Let them taste it, John. It's right there. 
Mm. All the ingredients, fresh. all the ingredients are right in front of you. John Das says, "Hey, we should make it a video podcast so we can have short form videos." Well, here's the recipe, brother. Me and you on video right now. Most of the other past this episodes. Is, this is it. Yeah. And hey, you got that air fryer. I know you can cook now. So it's just like you know, I, I'm not oh, trying yeah. to. I'm not. I'm not trying to get you down. I'm trying to get you pumped, Johnny boy. I'm trying to get you pumped for making. You're trying to maximize days. the pump. Yeah, I am. You know. And um. <clears throat> Visual. visual content can be a powerful tool in piquing people's interest and encouraging them to give our show a chance. While I understand that you may have had reasons for not following through on your commitment, it's crucial that we address this issue and find a way to move forward together. John, uh, how it added that together. That was, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was powerful. Yeah. You know, it, it reminds me as well as you is that, hey, you know, we're, uh, we're each other's other other foot on the ground, okay? If I don't have you in this thing, I ain't got the balance and the, the big boys. I'm just a big, I'm just a big boy. No, no pluralization there. Yeah, and that ain't that's 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 some other guy that uh, would probably send me a cease and desist letter as soon as I uh, try to come up with a podcast called Big Boy. We okay. want to avoid that. Yeah. We sure do. We sure do. Um. John, I want you to know that I value your your creativity and contributions and have no doubt that your video content would be fantastic. I believe in your abilities, and I know you have the potential to create captivating and engaging videos that will help us reach new heights. Your talent is a gift, my friend, and it's something that we can leverage to make our podcast stand out amongst the rest. I would like to propose that we sit down and have an open conversation about how we can improve our social media presence together. And I would also like to propose that maybe you try listening this time. I don't know. Yeah. I, I thought that, I, once I said it, I was like, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. See? Um, I want to understand any challenges you may be facing and find solutions that work for both of us. Let's brainstorm ideas. Set achievable goals and establish a plan of action that ensures consistency in our promotional efforts. John, I hope you understand that this letter comes from a place of concern and a deep desire to see our podcast succeed. I'm, I'm trying to understand, yeah. And, and that's a lot for you, trying to understand. I get that, yeah. buddy. I get that. You've come a long ways. Before, you used to not even try. You just didn't understand. Yeah, I, I, I was content that way. I know it, but you know, we all grow like our podcast will. I genuinely believe in what we are doing. And I know that with your support and achievement, active involvement, we can make a significant impact together. We have the power to build a strong community around our show, engage our listeners and create a lasting legacy. Please know that I am here to support you every step of the way. Let's recommit ourselves to the success of our podcast. And together, let's create the content that will leave a lasting impression on your on our audience. I believe in you, John the Great. And I know that together we can achieve greatness. Thank you for taking the time to read this letter. And I look forward to our conversation. Warm regards, your name. I mean, my name, Brian Hickey.
So there it is. No, that was really heartfelt. Even if it was a, 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 uh, a, a heart of Silicon, but some may, yeah. some may argue those are the, the Silicon heart, but it was felt. Yeah. Yeah. Some may argue those are the most filled hearts and you know, it will be felt. So, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't have to say anything right now. I just want you to take that in, you know, just want you to, to feel the weight of those words. Yeah. And, um, and we'll, we'll move forward with the rest of this, uh, this potty pod. Um, so yeah. Um, we also have ourselves a fun little movie trailer idea. We're going to, we're going to read the script for you. Uh, you ready for that? Yeah. Let me uh, get it up in front of me here. I, uh, but first, while, while we're getting that all set up, let's let's do a little segment uh, uh, called uh, "What You Been Up To, Dog." Oh, nothing. Just uh, work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a, a you know a, a going out of town. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, later later this month. What you uh, What you got gonna going be, on? Uh, going to New Mexico with the family, so it'll be cool. Oh, I'm going to go see some family with the family, huh? Yeah. That's cool. It's like uh, you, you, you're uh, having like a, like a Hobbs and Shaw adventure where you're, yeah. uh, you're, you're going with the family to see the extended. To family. see more. Family. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. That's great, man. I, I'm, I'm excited for you and, and the family. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Well, good, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, shit. Would you like to know what I've been up to? Sure. Yeah, let me know, man. Yeah, I can tell you that. You know. Thanks, man. All you got to do is ask. You know, you got to do is make effort. I just was hoping you'd lay it on me. How's that community service going? It's going, dude. It is. Uh, it's trying. It's um. So it's long winded. Um, you know, it feels like it just, it's, it's, um, it's the worst version of the run on sentences that I so often give this podcast where, you know, you think it's complete, but it's, uh, still another 400 and something hours. Hey, you know what? Every little bit helps. It does. Every, every little bit does help. And, um, it's the, it's the kind of help that I look forward to, uh, completing because, uh, you know, it's um, it's, it's the one, it's the one thing holding me down. But uh, you know, it, it's um, it's it's necessary, and you know, every if I look at it like you know, um, every time I enter that place, like if I just play it like it's a another type of movie trailer, like where the Peter Gabriel Salisbury Hill is uh, you know, playing in the background, it's like Brian didn't want to do community service. But, Brian didn't care about the community. Yeah, but the community <laughs> cared about him. But the community came for him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that like in every fucking movie, or at least for a solid decade of like, somebody's going to change, and they don't know it yet. I think so, yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's um, 
that's been what my life has been leading up to. It's just uh, a movie, not even necessarily the movie, but the movie trailer involving Peter Gabriel, Saucer Hill. Which I would think, you know, that movie would be called Salisbury Hill, the metaphor. But uh, you got our, do you have our actual movie trailer pulled up now? Um, I did. There it is. All right. So Let's... this is uh, another a continuation of the series of us. Uh, you know, we've had ideas for silly sketches, but, you know, we both are, you know, riddled with the ADHD um dealing with inherent writer's block um which by the way i kind of overcame a little bit last night um joel's uh trying to do like this um one act play where it's like uh him and um another another uh gal that i haven't met um doing like a a series of uh vignettes about uh, cool. comp- compromise and i uh, i wrote a scene for him so i feel uh feel pretty well accomplished for doing that man that's nice yeah yeah, get your writing credit in there. I got me, uh, I got me creds in there. But uh, yeah. you know, as we as we forementioned, I am quite busy with other things in life: the uh, the work, the um, the community service. Yeah, which is and, also work. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the uh, auditioning, which is sometimes can feel like also like work, and much like community service, it pays nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. So I don't always necessarily have as much time um, to uh, write these uh, these great sketch ideas, but with our good friend ChatGBT, he has written us our second movie trailer to our another one of our sketch ideas, uh, Woke Charles Bronson. Now, if we remember, uh, you know, if just in case we have somebody tuning in for their first time, this is an idea that we kind of uh, goofed up uh, coming up with um, about uh, you know if Death Wish starred. Uh, Charles Bronson, but he was, you know, he was, uh, uh, I guess, a 21st century uh, woke person, if you will, of like, you know, how did you put it? To, you got to be the change you want to see. See in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I haven't. I myself haven't read this either because I was uh, just uh, I just got done writing that script for Joel and I was just, you know, kind of couldn't sleep. So I just like, you know, what? hey, let's knock some stuff out in the podcast. You know, I uh, was reading through it earlier. It's It's humorous. Yeah, it seems funny. It seems like it's a, like it did a good job with it. I will say that because um, I just kind of skimmed through it. It seems like what it did interpret, though, which I don't know if I necessarily disagree with it, but it's not exactly the same. It kind of uh, took the term woke and I think it kind of interpreted it more as hipster. Yeah, it, I was noticing that, too. Yeah. yeah. But uh, with that said, I digress. Let's um, let's get our characters down. Dive right in. Yeah. Yeah. I think because you you do such a good Charles Bronson, uh, or at least the Simpsons version of Charles. Bronson. Yeah, I do. I do an impression of an impression. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be our lead character this time. I'm going to be narrating, and then I guess I'll probably be predominantly most of the other side characters as well. All right. So you ready? Yes. All right. This is Chad GPT trailer. Woke Charles Bronson. Opening scene. A bustling cityscape with fast-paced music playing in the background. The camera zooms in on a coffee shop where a group of hipsters are sitting at a table. In a world overrun by overpriced avocado toast and artisanal beard oil, one man is about to take justice into his own hands. Cut to a close-up of a young bearded man wearing a flannel and thick-rimmed glasses. He sips his soy latte and glances at the newspaper headlines. 
Hipster robberies on the rise. He's woke, Charles Bronson. And he's had enough of this gentrified madness. Woke Charles Bronson stands up abruptly, knocking over his chair, and takes a selfie with his Save the Bees t-shirt. Sure. <laughs> the other hipsters gasp in shock. Hipster one. Dad! What are you doing? <clears throat> it's time to reclaim our neighborhood. One pumpkin spice latte at a time. Cut to a montage of woke Charles Bronson doing absurd vigilante activities in his gentrified community. He spray paints down with kale on a vegan cafe, replaces artisanal beard oil and regular and regular cooking oil, and swaps out expensive bicycles with secondhand rusty ones. He's taking on the overpriced, the pretentious, and the unbearable. Woke Charles Bronson enters a fancy craft beer brewery yeah. wearing a flannel cape <laughs> and, and aviator sunglasses. <laughs> uh, this is a brewery owner. Sorry, sir. We're closed for a private tasting <clears throat> event. Well, consider this a public service announcement. <laughs> he pulls out a macro beer bomb <laughs> and throws it into a vat, causing foam and beer to explode everywhere. The hipsters in the brewery cheer. This summer, he's bringing the fight back to the neighborhood. Woke Charles Bronson confronts a group of hipster robbers who are stealing vinyl records from a vintage store. Hands up, old man. Old man, I'll show you the power of a vinyl collection. <laughs> he pulls out a frisbee made from a vinyl record and skillfully knocks it out of the robbers. He's fighting crime. One iconic mustache at a time. Cut to scene where woke Charles Bronson disguises himself as a bearded street artist to catch a pickpocket. <laughs> he reveals his true identity, and the pickpocket is shot. You're not a real street artist. No, but I can make a mean latte art. The pickpocket is arrested as woke Charles Bronson nonchalantly frosts milk. <laughs> from the creators of craft brewery catastrophe and avocado wars comes a spoof that's woke witty and wonderfully weird the trailer ends with a montage of woke charles bronson hilariously taking on various gentrification related scenarios like replacing replacing organic uh how do you say kiona organic um. I think quinoa. I'm, I oh, is that, that okay. yeah, 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 quinoa. Like replacing organic quinoa with regular rice and replacing mustache wax with melted crabs. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> get ready for the get ready for the most woke vigilante of all time. Final scene: Woke Charles Bronson sits at a cafe, surrounded by grateful neighbors. He takes a sip of his coffee and smiles. Finally, justice is served with a dash of cinnamon. The screen fades to black and the title appears in bold letters. Woke Charles Bronson. The hipster havoc begins. The trailer ends with a quirky, upbeat song. 
Dude, I fucking love this, man. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, once again, my only note is just, and I'm totally, I would be on board for this because I just think that all these jokes are landing and it's still just as funny of an idea of like, just change it to being called hipster Charles Bronson. It's a fucking winner. Yeah. Well, it's more like he's going against the hipster. So he's like, uh, which is the most hipster move though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Anti-hipster, hipster Charles Bronson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am the prototype. And then you can have the scene where he finally looks in the mirror and he was like, and then he found out, he's like, I was one of them all along. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I just love this One funny. of them all along. Yeah. I got to work on my Charles Bronson. Yeah. Replacing mustache bags with melted crowns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With melted crowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. That's, oh, that's, that's good on you, Man. Chad GBT. Oh, dude. Power of a vinyl collection. Yeah. You know what? I feel like Chad GBT was like, yeah, give me less input and I'll make it work even better for some reason. Like, which yeah. also makes me feel <laughs> makes me feel that much more inferior. But like, if that's what it's <laughs> yeah, saying, exactly. I've, I got to agree. Like, I love, like, I probably, I, I would say I, I scored this, like, I, I was, I enjoyed our last one, but this one, <laughs> like, this one really got me, man. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, save the beast. Sure, <laughs> dude. The melted crayons. Is pretty yeah, funny. yeah. <laughs> but it like, yeah, it, it definitely is like. Oh no, I have all the information in the world on hipsters. Why don't you just yeah. let me let me take over there, Brian? Oh God. Okay. So yeah, let's um, let's see what our what, what the input for that was. Um. Because I, it wasn't really as much. Because once again, I I just typed it into the middle of the night. I was just tired. Like, all right, just fart something out. But like, again, maybe it was just reading it for the first time. Also, it got me a little bit more. But yeah, I don't know. I just I dug that one. Please, yeah. So here's what I wrote. Please write me a comedy sketch movie trailer entitled "Woke Charles Bronson," spoofing the many Death Wish films of the past. And that's it. Yeah, all right. And it did a fair job. <laughs> Dude, it really did. Like, again, that is probably my only note is just call it hipster Charles Bronson. Yeah, after that, it's right on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Dude, that is true what you're saying. He is a hipster because it literally says right here, he's got a Save the Bees shirt and yeah. all that, and he's hanging out in a coffee shop, but but he's like he's like a self-hating hipster. Well, that's my point, too, is because only another hipster would also know, like, all the things that identify what a true hipster is. And, like, you know, yeah. that's what irritates them. Is that, Actually, oh, I, that yeah. could be part of it the whole movie because, you know, no, yeah. like, that's one of the things of a hipster is they don't think they're a hipster. Yeah. So Charles Bronson doesn't think he's a hipster. I'm saying it's very fucking layered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, because, like, uh, someone who was just like a Joe Schmo wouldn't call it a macro beer bomb. Yeah. You know, it would just it'd be a fucking beer bar <laughs> yeah. oh dude yeah so i'm eager to see what uh what we'll come up with in the future well uh, and another thing i would say is if he's blowing that up macro beer bomb the hipsters in the brewery wouldn't cheer they would be you know uh devastated they'd be like no he took away our micro brews or whatever well, you know what if these are like his hipster following though like the hipsters that have been shunned by other hipsters. <laughs> yeah. 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 So they're, they're forced to join his, like his, uh, like radical hipster sect. Like yeah, it's yeah. like a radical sex, a radical sect of hipsterism, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but I've seen more of those divergent movies than I have death wish. 
But I feel like we, there could be that divergent angle or whatever. Like if you don't fit into a, a particular category, you get shunned by the community and you're, you know, you're off, you know, in the alleyway. It's just trying to do whatever you can to survive. Like, I feel like that's what these hipsters are. It's like they didn't, they didn't meet all the required, um, all the requirements to be this particular set of hipster. So they've been shunned to the alleyways or whatever. And like this uh, um, hipster Charles Bronson is their hero. You know, yeah, uh, that's actually a decent idea. Um, I like, actually know, thought I had a note on that, but yeah. no, that's actually not. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It, it didn't matter. Like I wore, I wore the flannel. You know, I had my Save the Bees shirt, but I just let Coors Light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so easy to drink. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's available everywhere. I can get it at a ball game, but that just wasn't enough. Yeah, or sitting here just be like, <laughs> you know, I love listening to independent artists, but but vinyl is just such a pain in the ass. Like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's more convenient ways to listen. Like, yeah, exactly. You ever try to put a song on repeat on a fucking vinyl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They didn't care. <laughs> said, take your Apple Music and get the fuck out of our <laughs> bar. <laughs> uh, they're like, uh, well, at least it's Apple, bro. But yeah. Yeah. What's but that you're one? not listening to it on a MacBook. You're listening to it on a, yeah. on a PC. Well, what's that? Um, what was the uh, uh, listening service that didn't really necessarily take off, but it was supposed to have like a better audio sound to it that jay-z uh was um a oh is that title yeah title like get your like you know it would be uh hipster charles bronson setting up to get ready for a fight like where you know he's making them pick a fight with him like yeah take your ample music and get out of here wrong again it's title <laughs> and then the oh, oh our mistake yeah, yeah. i just oh fuck it's him yeah <laughs> yeah it's something else entirely it's him yeah and then the hipsters try to you know fight him off with like hipster type weapons like it's like fucking knives and slingshots i think title's still around is it yeah but i mean it's like it's no fucking yeah it's music. definitely the less it's not pandora the least popular yeah. one yeah yeah but it's supposed to have better audio quality well and i think it they're they're better with like royalties for the artist and stuff too Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's another reason yeah. to get behind it. Yeah. Like, if you look at title, royalties versus Spotify. Yeah, title ranks higher than both Spotify and Apple Music in terms of royalty rate. Yeah, Spotify pays an average of, like, uh, a third of a cent per stream. Yeah, no, title they got pays, yeah. Title pays, like, uh, 12 cents per stream. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, that's... That's a huge difference. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Spotify, it says 0. 0.0033, which I'm pretty sure is about a third of a cent. If I'm, if wow. I'm right. Yeah. Well, I guess when you're the big dog on campus, you don't really have to give a fuck. That's true. Of course, if you're uh, an artist of any kind of decent size, you could just have your music on all the platforms. Yeah. That's what most of them do anyway. They have it on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, it's weird because I'm so Brooks, yeah. Who like only has his on, like uh, Apple Music or something? Like he's only on one. 
Oh, I noticed that too when we were making our divorce playlist. He's not on Spotify. Yeah. So we, I, I, uh, and of course, you know, you do a divorce playlist. You got to have the um, friends and love places on there. Yeah, yeah, that one's a solid one. Friends so, and low places actually exists on a, a personal list I am creating. I only have a couple songs on there. It's called uh, "Great Songs Ruined by Douchebags." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and "Friends uh, in Low Places" is on there. What the, and, and, and the great thing is, you all, it almost needs no explanation. Once you say that, it's just like, oh, people get it. It's because anybody that's ever been in any kind of a a bar or anywhere with a jukebox, there's always that jerk that plays it, and he acts like. He's hitting everybody with something like, oh, man, like, like he's hitting us with stuff that we forgot about this or I never heard that before. Like, like he's just the one who came up with it when it's a song that's been like, it's a good song, but it's just about been played to death at this point. And it's definitely my go to karaoke song. Yeah. OK, karaoke, you know. All right. But an- another one on the list, too. Same kind of situation. And you'll know the damage, what I'm talking the about. damage is done, John. Don't just try to wa- don't just try to wash it off like you didn't. Just call me a douchebag. No, I didn't. Because I said uh, playing on the jukebox. I didn't say karaoke. Ah, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that was a close one. Because um, like I said, it, it is a good song, but yeah. it's just been ruined by douchebags. Yeah, and and, and so <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't pointing at you. I was saying, and thus, you know, yeah, like, yeah. and so yeah. But anyway, uh, the the second one on the list, Journey, Don't Stop Believing, great yeah. song, but ruined for pretty much the same reasons. And then everybody's got to sing along, and everybody's got to act like 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 they're the biggest fan. But you've got like twenty five of the biggest fans all the way down the bar top. <laughs> you know? See. Like, this is how you know you go to bars a hell of a lot more than me. All right. Like yeah. even when I was still drinking and stuff, did I didn't really I don't know. I mean, I if I was gonna if it came to like a uh a um you know a choice of like, all right, we're we gonna go hang out at the bar or the club, it'd always be a bar. I, I always hated clubs. Yeah, same. But, I was never a club guy. Yeah, but like even so though, it was just like if we're gonna drink and have a good time, I'm kinda right there with summers of like, you know, like I just kinda like hanging with my buddies at our place, you know. Well, same like, here, you but know? you know, they're not always around and you know. Fair, fair, fair. But yeah, uh, you're, you are a staple of this tavern as you keep on but, promoting their stuff. Are they, I hope they become a sponsor for us as much as you're going to wear that fucking shirt. Oh, no, that's not their shirt. What the fuck, man? Yeah, this is just a shirt I own. But uh, but that's is that that's not the tavern you're always at? No, this place is in New Braunfels. Technically Hunter, Texas. It's actually uh, the oldest bar in texas they have liquor license number one after a uh, prohibition ended 1933 well there's another free advertisement for riley's yeah but what's the uh okay so what's the place you're always hanging out is it what is it uh called? the the drunken donkey the best bar in Louisville. uh possibly one of the better ones in denton county okay but you is... know D- denton's got some solid choices or used to i don't go to denton there as often as i used to yeah i don't want to i don't want to call you loud but would, is this place perhaps a place that has a uh a jukebox it does yeah okay so this is where you're hearing all the uh stereotypical jukebox well it's where i am i've heard it in multiple places it doesn't just happen there but obviously yeah. that's but this uh, is your this is your cheers as it but were. this is yeah um, yeah Lewis, exactly yeah. yeah yeah you do kind of you are like a um uh at least on the surface um especially to like a boomer or someone who, uh, you know, uh, 
watched Cheers when it was airing. You are kind of like the hipster version of Norm. Like George Went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was his name. Yeah. 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 Dude, but the crazy thing is, going back to a previous episode about how people don't age like they used to, I'm pretty sure we're like the age he was when he was filming that show. Dude, yeah, you're no fucking getting there. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm yeah. saying. And he looks watching, like a yeah. middle-aged guy. Yeah. I was watching um, a documentary last night, um, and I can't remember the name, but it was it was about this um, uh, corrupt cop in New York um, in the late 80s and early 90s. And, um, and in the beginning of the doc... It's uh, it shows video his video testimony um, that he's giving uh, you know to the, the it's like a hearing but it's like a public hearing and you know they're basically just bashing him you know like just asking him like how long were you you know doing uh, committing crimes how many crimes did you commit and of course you know he's already agreed to like a you know a plea deal so he's just you know letting him just fucking smack him in the face with all these like obvious answers to these questions um, which he did some pretty corrupt shit. But my point being is, like, I'm looking at this dude, and I'm thinking, like, oh, man, he must have had a long uh, history career uh, in the law enforcement. He must be, like, I'm looking at his face, like, easily 45. Fucking 32. You Dude, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, yes. start looking around, and you'll be like, oh, man, yeah, I don't know when. I feel like it kind of started changing around, like, the 70s. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's the... You know, I don't know, maybe because everything's so uh, HD now, but I feel like also if like if I was if me today was filmed with a fucking, you know, an old, you know, celluloid celluloid film camera back of those days or whatever, and it was developed the same way, like I would still look fucking way too. I would not look this like I would not have looked at the way that guy did at 32. Yeah, yeah Dude, if you want to yeah. see like you can still find film. They're not as common, oh, yeah. but you, yeah. can, you can also still find like the the uh disposable cameras take a few pictures of yourself and see it's not going to be that different it'll well, just be like it's kind of like cool here's how i look in hd here's how i look it's like the same just the photos grainier like you know like, honestly yeah it's and to be to even go further down that tangent like it's just it's just for nostalgic purpose now like you could still like i mean some purists would argue that you could still totally see the difference but not really like, certainly not at first glance like if there's enough filters and shit you could throw on digital to make it look like film you know Dude, i mean the same is the same way with audio you get some guys out there some yeah. purists that swear up and down and you get guys you know like like dave grohl who's got tape in his studio and stuff yeah uh of course i don't know if he ex records exclusively on that he bought the console that was in sound city and that's still running on tape, but I, I don't know if that's exclusively what he does. I don't but, think it uh, is, but I, yeah. think he do, I think he does it for some projects, but like, I don't yeah. think it's exclusively. But that's another thing, same as like like a film with, with like video and stuff is like the, the amount of people that really know what they're doing is like dying out. Because yeah, well, dude, like the, um, the best example of what I'm saying, I think, is like, have you ever checked out Documentary Now? No. First of all, hilarious mockumentary show where they just spoof a bunch of like, you know, uh, classic docs from the past. And then, you know, like most of them, you know, were made like this, or at least the docs that they're making fun of, like have, you know, footage that uh, um, if not released in the, you know, 70s and 80s and 90s, were at least, uh, you know, has footage that was filmed then. And like they are doing like, I know it's like just based off production, like, like they're doing all this shit with digital, but they like edit it so well. And it's like, oh, this could have been fucking, you know, film from 
you know, the 70s or 80s. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And you're saying the same way with audio. Like, and yeah. I learned this when I was, uh, you know, at a media tech. It was like some of the instructors there, they, they've been around a while. They, they've worked on tape. You know, I remember one guy in particular, an instructor saying he was like, you know, he was like in 1998, I like tape. He's like in 2002, I like tape. He was like 2004, yeah, I like tape. He's like by like 2006, he was like, he's like, oh no, wait a minute. He was like, this is starting to sound pretty good. Like, you know, yeah. like I like how your was, uh, your uh, instructor is uh, essentially like a cookie from a John Wayne movie or something. Oh no. A second there, partner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, hold on here. Yeah, yeah. You know, Seems we got ourselves a different situation here. Well, I like tape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sounded like an old camp yeah. book. Well, yeah, it seems like digital here seems to be able to streamline the process. Yes. Dude, that streamline the process was part of it. He was yeah. talking about like you would add, have to add on like an extra hour to the amount of time just because of like rewinding tape. Oh, yeah. Like, all right, let's do a take. Oh, no, there was some problem. Let's do another take. Okay, rewind the tape, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, there's fucking no way. I mean, th- like, just think of all the new media out today. Like, there's like, well, first of all, obviously, like I was saying, you, it would just be for nostalgic purpose with like film for like uh, movies or, you know, like old tape uh, for sound. But like, there's, it would be impossible, like, the amount of, like, to do the type of new media that's out today if it like wasn't digital. I mean, it's not impossible, I guess, but it would be the, the streamline would certainly not be there. And it would just be such a fucking chore. Like nobody would want to do it. Like, would you, imagine, uh, you imagine doing this? Do on, yeah. But I'm saying like, imagine if we were recording this podcast on fucking celluloid and tape. Oh yeah. It would add so much extra work. Dude, we would be fucking processing the film for like a fucking month per episode. And it's yeah. literally just you and me talking poop jokes for an hour. there would be so many points in my life i'd be like what the fuck am i doing with my life but yeah same and now now the difference is you can directly get the tape sound if you have the equipment that's the tough part because that equipment's expensive but like you can and we used to do this uh sometimes when i was there like they they still had a tape machine in one of the studios although it was rarely used and so you'd record a session, you know, in Pro Tools or whatever. Well, you could go in there, patch in the tape machine and put a reel of tape on it. And you could record your 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 session, basically patch from Pro Tools to run through the tape machine and and, and re-record back in. And Dude, so literally yeah. all you're doing was capturing the, the tape saturation. And it was one of those when you could hear them side by side, you could hear a difference. Not that one was necessarily better or worse. They were just a little different. The tape uh, the, had a little bit more warmth. You know, the high ends were rolled off a little more, not as harsh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But all, all that being said, you've got all that work and expensive equipment you needed. And when, it's, there's, yeah. when there's a lot of plugins out there that'll simulate that very well, and that that very few people yeah. out there could even tell the difference. Even a yeah, lot of guys that have a lot of experience shit. will say they can tell the difference. And they really can't. Not yeah, and sometimes they'll be proven wrong for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I would say I would argue the same same thing with film cameras or you know with digital cameras. Half the work of uh, the uh, making it look like a film, you know, like you know, like cellular was in really in like those old old the lenses for those old film cameras, which you know you could put an adapter on and put it on a digital camera. 
like you look at um but of course i mean i think everyone just is just kind of uh, more pertinent to the knowledge that like everything's recorded with digital but like if you looked at like um the new batman movie right yeah that was um it was i mean it's digital because i think but it looks it has such a film look to it and the reason and i'm sure they also probably did some different uh effects with filters and stuff too but like the lenses did like half the work because they're using uh, old um film lenses from like uh you know the 70s i can't um i mean they're, they're primed but uh anamorphic lenses yes i mean that makes sense i i heard a guy say at one time now he was just talking about like uh Still picture cameras, but he was talking about like the lens is what really makes a difference. He was oh, like, for sure. you know, people yeah. get these expensive cameras, you know, which are nice. He was like, they're not, he was like, he was like, you could take a million dollar lens, take, put it on a $2 camera and take a, a million dollar picture. He was like, but you can't take a million dollar camera with a $2 lens and take a million dollar picture. Like, yeah. yeah. And not that I'm working with either of those, but I would say the, uh, well, that's the just, subtle, yeah. The subtle distinction here of like Zeiss is makes great lenses. Oh, yeah. my, my camera here is has a built-in Zeiss lens, you know, and it still just does not match up to the great quality coming from your end with the phone and blurred black background. Like, my God, how do you, are you on celluloid right now? It's just, oof, yeah. What a I visual am. image. That just, yeah, well, uh, like I said, I'm a purist. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, you know, if I can do it on film, I'm going to do it on film. You are. Uh, as much as hipster Charles Bronson is the hipster of hipsters, you are the purest of purest because if you don't take in information, it cannot get muddied. You know what I mean? No. If you don't process anything, you can't get unpurified. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, it's kind of like if it, ignorance is not knowing. He was like stupid is knowing or, or is choosing not to know. So I figured out, well, as long as I just don't know, I'm ignorant. I'm not stupid, you know, so. Right. And the only thing about that that was stupid was the logic. Yeah, I, I, I well, it was like Michael Scott said, you know, it's like sometimes I'll start a sentence and even I won't know where I'm going. I just <laughs> we'll, we'll find it along the way. <laughs> and that was exactly that situation. Yeah. You, you, if, if you go back and rewatch it, you can see the, the, the pause for thought. It was like, you know. Yeah, which I but I, I, but I think I pulled yeah. it off all right. Had you not called me out, I think there would have been enough people that might have went along with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just like there, there's there's a beauty to the um, lack of preparation that goes into into your art form, whatever whatever that art form may be called. One of these days, maybe I'm sure in, in the vast future when they're listening to this, uh, you know, centuries from now, they'll have a a, a set definition for the art form that is John the great preparation kind of like uh like Lebowski dudeism where I make like being unprepared and all that stuff where like, like, yeah, like I've turned it into a whole thing, but it's actually like, yeah, it's actually kind of, you know, a, a production. I make it look easy. I make it, you know, it, it, I've got it stylized, I guess. I whereas, yeah. Whereas um, I'm going to coin a turn from you right now and you, you feel free to take this and try to make money off of it, but it would go against your mythology. I think. But I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, that. I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it at you regardless. Um, whereas uh, the dude from the Big Lebowski has, you know, dudeism or the, the followers of the dude. Um, you have your way of about going through life. I would say is like the great man. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because or I guess let me let me heighten that last one. 
It's the great meh. Yeah, that's fair. The great meh. I yeah. think that that's a good mix of both, which I can appreciate, you know. Middle of the road. Yeah, until you get hit by a car. You gotta be careful. Look <laughs> both ways. Look both ways. And to that I would say that you should have said, meh. Yeah, meh. <laughs> You know, it's, wow, it's just profound thoughts. Like, I stand in the middle of the road unless I get hit by a car, and then if that happens, it's meh. Yeah. Well, it's like some people say, you know, we all got to die sometime. Yeah. Ah, the philosophy of Rocky Four. Yeah, if he dies, dies, he dies. dies. I cannot be defeated unless Dude. it comes to who plays the Punisher. And clearly, John Berthaw is the winner of that outcome. Fucking, okay, uh, what's his name? Drago was the original Punisher. You know that? Oh, you know, okay, yeah, I remember that. I was sitting here thinking, like, was Dolph Lundgren in The Punisher? Dolph but, Lundgren was the Punisher. Well, I remember he did it in 1989, but but I was wondering if he was also in the show somewhere. That's what I was trying to remember, the one that John Berthaw. I feel like he should be just uh, as much as they're doing so many reboots and spinoffs and you know homages to originals or whatever, you know, and that'd be cool. Yeah. Crossing all the fucking multiverses and all that. And I'm just getting so goddamn tired. I'm exhausted by it now. I'm just ready, which I feel like a lot of, I don't know. I also relate my own thoughts and, and throw it on to the rest of America, which probably isn't accurate, but I feel like a lot of moviegoers um, and TV watchers are just kind of burnt out from the fucking, the multiverse of, of marvel films so like i'm kind of looking forward to like oh maybe we're going to be uh hitting another uh upswing of like independent cinema and and you know making a comeback the the problem is i i think i think yes i think that's going to happen on uh streaming platforms more well yes but 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 here's the start going to the theater like they used to for unless it's for like a huge tentpole film like, yeah, but like I mean, like that's what I'm saying though. At least me personally, like I'm kind of like everything that's done by special effects now is just like there's no, there's not really any wow factor left, you know? Yeah, like it's all been done. So it's like now it's back to like what, what kind of like intriguing story can you make? You know, that's I feel like that's going to be which to me is never died out. You raise like, a good point. We may come back around to that, but. I don't know. Generations are changing. I mean, and people, people are really wanting to leave their house less. People are well, yeah. buying, buying stuff online. You know, you're seeing that with brick and mortar retailers that are having to adapt. Like people just aren't, they're, they're shopping online more. They're, they're doing streaming more than going to theater, you know? Uh, and let's, yeah, let's not lie also that the world is getting more and more expensive every day. So. Yeah, exactly. That too. Things are getting more expensive all the time. You know, they're, they're, they're having food delivered. They're like, people just aren't going out yeah. like they used to. You're wearing the same shirt, two podcasts in a row. Oh, I've, um, uh, oh, did I wear this in the last podcast? Okay. No, I think you wore it in the second one. So you, you took a, you took a, uh, an episode off. Yeah, I'll take a break. So we'll yeah. see. You shouldn't have brought it up. Then we could have seen if any of the viewers would have noticed. I mean, I'll make sure they notice. I'll yeah. make sure. So, well, you already done that. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, uh, it's the same as like it used to be. You know, oh, we want to, you know, make sure you greet every customer and all that stuff. But that's mattering less and less. Like people don't want to be talked to. They shop around with like their yeah. earbuds in. You know, yeah. everybody likes to complain about like, oh, it's all self check. But no, 
they're still cashiers. They could go to them. They don't though, because they don't want to deal with people. They don't want to. Yeah. I, I agree with the impersonal uh, factor of it. So I think that's, but, I, but so all that being said, I think that's part of the theater too. And me and a guy at work question about this a few years ago. It's like just, just a one-off movie. That's not already part of like an established franchise. You know, it's, it's either not like part of a popular book series or, or it was a video game or, or something or a comic book, something that already has a large fan base. It's like, for the most part, people just aren't going and seeing those. Like they were even like 10, 12 years ago. What about like, see, because I think like the one thing that I think is going to really set it off or set the juxtaposition to where maybe like independent film can get more ass in seats than like per se, like a Marvel movie eventually. And like, I feel like this is probably the last genre of, of, of filmmaking or, you know, movies that like it's, there's still room for more ingenuity in the concepts of it. I was like, uh, um, uh, What's what's the genre I'm trying to say here? I don't want I don't want to call like I want to get it specifically correct, but like um, you know like uh, horror is a, a a broad term, but like you know like the stuff that like like the stuff that Jordan Peele's making, right? Like that's there's still that's innovative like, like there's still like, innovative ways of like filming that and telling that story. Whereas like a drama, you kind of know all the components of a drama. There's not too many tricky camera angles. You know, yeah. our a huge twist. It's just, and that's. I, I feel like that's also that's definitely become the route that the the um, big superhero moves over. Like you know, you know the components. You know where it's going to go. Even the plot twist isn't really much of a plot twist anymore because it's already been done, and, and you expect you expect the unexpected now. Yeah. Speaking of which, you're talking about tricky camera angles. And I hadn't really looked this up before, but are you? I'm sure they probably brought this up when you're at like film school or something. Like, uh, um, the scene from that movie Contact, where the kids like running up the stairs and down the hall, and you know, obviously it's first person, so you're like looking at his face. Mm-hmm. And the camera's following him, but then, then he, you know, as he finally gets there, he reaches out and grabs the mirror, and you find out the camera's just looking at a reflection in the mirror. So like yeah. that whole thing of him running down the hall and all that. And it's like, man, that had to be a tricky camera shot to like yeah. capture the reflection in the mirror. And I don't know how they did it like that far away. It would have had to been some like tricky mirror work, tricky camera work. Honestly, this is this is the Jodie Foster movie, right? Contact? Yeah. From like okay. 1997. I watched, 90, yeah. I watched it a few years ago. Yeah. But like I don't necessarily remember that shot. There was another shot in there that was like, oh, that was pretty cool. Like where she... um gets uh transported into the uh um i don't know the world of whatever the alien is yeah um that's that was i thought especially for like you were saying like 97 that was pretty innovative but like yeah i don't know i i, I have to watch it again to understand the shot you're talking about yeah, i'm looking at a clip of it now she's like running up to a medicine and the crazy thing is she comes up like from down the stairs it's a, it's a it's a little girl and she's like running up she and she she rounds corners she comes up the stairs and comes up this way and like around a corner i don't know how they got all of that in a mirror shot like that's is it, impressive is it all one one sh- shot or is it intercut no it's all one shot so There's they no could cut. definitely they can definitely superimpose even then they could have superimposed uh a shot on the mirror but again i have to see it to understand what the schematics of it are you know 
Yeah, uh, I encourage you to look that up because I don't feel like this is a superimposed uh, scenario because because you're not just looking at it in the mirror. So, so for most of it, you you just see her like first person running up the stairs down the hall, and you would think the camera's right there, and it's not till the very end of the shot you see the knob on the cabinet and like her hand reach out and open the mirror. Like, is there know. a is there a quick pan? Because that that could also be a that's no. a camera trick where it looks like it's all one shot, but you just you pan the camera half. All it is is it's like the camera way. moving back as she's running, you know, towards so, yeah. it. First okay. person comes so through crane. the doorway, yeah. and 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 you see the knob on the mirror, and then it like she reaches out, grabs the mirror, and all you see is like the hand reach out and grab the mirror, and then she takes medicine out of the medicine cabinet, and then the door kind of swings back over, and you can. But see you never see it. You never see the the tracking shot pan to the mirror. No, no, or or any okay. cuts. Like, yeah, it's an it's an impressive shot. Uh, how long is the uh, is the shot? Where what what do you want that I can look it up real quick? Um, I just typed in uh contact mirror scene, and I'm on a website called Film School Rejects, and it'll explain how they do it. I just haven't scrolled down that far yet. I didn't want to. What happened to this actress? I feel like I saw her in other things. Oh, dude. Oh, no. I know exactly who that is. I'm just not used to seeing her as a kid. Oh, the little girl? Yeah, yeah. She does look familiar now that you do. She, I can't. She plays uh, a great uh, psychotic individual in a, a, a couple of different. Um, uh, Nicholas uh, went on. I don't know how you say his name, the German uh, film director, the guy who made Drive. She's in a few of his projects where she's just. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of his name. The the ger- the only German one I can think of is uh, Werner Herzog. Well, I always call him Nicholas Windhoff Wren, but I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce it. It's it's spelled yeah. weird. Okay, I mean, I'm looking at this. I'll keep the uh, sound. I could understand straight down the hallway with special lenses, and they're just zoomed in on the camera or zoomed in on the mirror. Well, first but of all, I don't get ha- this house is ha- definitely a, on a, a set in a stage, right? So. And it's definitely it's definitely a crane tracking shot. Okay, going around the hallway. So this you gotta understand this is all very open space, right? Um okay. Well, watch when she opens the mirror. Like okay, it cut it cut there. That was a different shot. I didn't see it cut. And well, she's yelling at somebody on the ground and then she runs to the uh and she runs funny. Um. Okay. Okay. Oh well, if you're seeing her yell at somebody at the ground, that must be before because it is. Yeah, they, yeah. They have okay. a gif here of what I'm talking about, and it's like one shot from where she like comes in the door, up the stairs, around the corner. Son of a bitch! Yeah, that's a tricky ass shot. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, she, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no way in hell you could have got that around the corner bit from it just the camera pointing at the mirror. Yeah, I could say, like, all right, with specialized lenses and all this stuff, I could see where for down the hall, like straight shot down the hall, they're they're just zoomed in really close on the camera. And it's time that as she gets close, they just back away and you see her open yeah. the cabinet. Well, I'm looking for a pan. But, pan here is usually how you cheat it, but damn, I don't know. Oh, that yeah. breaks that breaks my brain, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's an impressive shot. That's an impressive drug cabin. Yeah. It looks like Jodie Foster has quite the problem. Yeah, I'm sure she has back pain in contact. 
<laughs> Dude, Contact, actually, I kind of need to watch the movie again because that's yeah. also an excellent movie for like sound design. Yeah. Well, I would argue that and um, what's the other, like the 2010 version of Contact or whatever year it came out. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, with um, Jeremy Renner and uh, um, Amy whatever her name is, great actress. In 2010. Rebecca. I don't think it was 2010. I think it was late. I think it was 2012 or 13. Um, Arrival. Arrival. Oh, I hadn't watched that one. Okay. Great. I know what you're talking yeah. about. But yeah. Essentially essentially the same movie. Oh, that was uh, 2016. Oh, uh, okay. And that was uh, Amy Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially the same movie, but I would say even more, and of course you have more of the ear for it than I do. But I would say even even uh, more strong sound uh, design work because that's literally all the uh, how the aliens communicated with her was just you know yeah Wah! it was almost like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind but even more dude I got to check that one out man yeah I need to watch that too I've seen I've seen parts of it but oh you've had Close Encounters with Close Encounters I have had Close Encounters with Close Encounters of the Third Kind but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you you're just one encounter. Away from that kind. Mm-hmm. I tell you, man. Oh, J- Jenna Malone. That's who plays her. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. it, and I was trying to think, who is that? I'll just see what else she was in. She's in Neon Demon. She is, dude. Neon Demon's a weird movie, and I don't know if you would necessarily dig the movie, but I would just say, arguably, for her performance in that, she is. she's so fucking good in that movie. She's just like... Like it, she makes you like think like wow if I was in a room with this woman I would feel so uncomfortable and I would know, <laughs> know for sure she's going to kill me. Yeah, I see that on here. The Neon Demon. Oh, she was in some of the Hunger Games movies. That's right. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen those. Yeah. Oh, she was in Batman vs Superman. Oh, okay. Was she? Yeah. Jeanette Clyburn. I can't remember which character that is. I would have to uh, hmm. watch it again. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, if you watch the director's cut, it's uh, much better. It's excruciatingly long, you know. I feel like it's the same with uh, his Schneider League, uh, you know, Justice Oh, League the Snyder cut. cut? Like, yeah, arguably it's better, but then, like, you know. But it's four hours. The Snyder yeah. Cut is pushing it on length. It's four hours. Well, so, like, I think it's three and a half hours of the fucking Snyder Cut of uh, uh, Batman versus Superman, but it's, like, objectively anything's gonna be better than something like where half the story's been fucking cut out i still think the note given that are like hey maybe let's pick up the, the pace a fucking bit yeah you know this is a comic book movie like honestly i kind of feel like two hours is pushing it for those yeah like, it's uh, like, you know like yeah three hours and two minutes for the the ultimate edition of batman vs superman dude jesus christ yeah yeah, that is that is pushing it some, but well, he just loves him some slow motion. Fuck, and he, I, I mean, he, uh, Zack Snyder has got like is his main his big background before he started like really getting into, into films was uh, he was a huge music video director, which obviously shows in a lot of his work. Yeah. I would arguably say that like, I mean, I'm not keen on I don't know all of his work, but from what I've seen, like the one that I thought was like his best film by far is his remake of Dawn of the Dead, and that. I would say that is way better than oh the, the 2004 one. I didn't know he yeah. did that. That, that, he did, that movie was great. And you know why it's so great? Like it, it, it has none of his fucking tropes in it. 
with Ving like, Rhames. Yeah, well, I, I feel like he was just a gun for hire on that film. But like, I I love it because it's like it doesn't have like it's not like these long winded slow motion, you know, and with some song in the background that's just kind of on the nose of the scene, you know, like with um, Justice League where uh, after Superman dies or whatever, and then they're playing. I just I can't remember exactly what the song is, but it was just like the nose like it just it felt like the song was just like this is a bit on the fucking nose and the slow motion yeah everyone morning it's just like yeesh you know i see where the hour an hour went of this fucking four hour film but uh true but i do think despite it's extreme being extremely long i think they could even cut it down for like uh the the snyder cut for the justice league like now, the CGI yeah. was better. They improved some of the look of some of the characters. Uh, yeah, I will say that now is you like, know, yeah, arguably like, as much uh, as I'm shitting on his, I think his he he takes an excruciatingly long time to tell a simple, a very simple story, cut and dry story. His his visuals though are like some of the fucking best. They're they're much better. The visuals yeah. are much better. Um, and also, uh, I'm trying to remember is Steppenwolf. Like he's got a much cooler look. In, yeah, in that one than he did in the original. Did you watch the original uh, Justice? League? I did. Yeah, it was it was okay. Yeah. Really? So it's nothing you're going to be like on one of your like most famous like uh, like favorite comic movies of all time. I mean, it had some cool scenes. Now, I feel those like, same yeah. cool scenes are also in the uh, uh, Snyder Cut because obviously they didn't scrap those. You know? Yeah. But uh, like the scene where they finally you know like resurrect Superman and he's just kind of like you know because. You know, obviously, the point of Superman is that he's like overpowered, so he's just like single handedly fighting the Justice League. Like, that seems pretty cool, and it's still in there. That's cool. And then, yeah, I, yeah, I only remember, of course, I watch so much content, like, you know, most of it goes one year and out the other within you know, a few weeks. Um, but like, yeah, I can only really remember the stuff in, in uh, Justice League that are the Snyder cut that I was just like, oh, this is cringeworthy long or whatever. But I, yeah. I, I feel like I did watch the original Justice League just to kind of, you know, be on top of what the culture's tuning into. And like, I, I don't remember a, a fucking frame of it. Just to be extra pretentious, though, you know, there's also a black and white version. The Snyder Cut, it says Justice is Gray. And there's a bla- and that's all it is. is ju- it says on there, yeah, Justice which- is Gray, and it's black and white. So you can watch, now you can watch the four-hour one. You can also watch the same four-hour movie, but in black and white. I feel like that's the way to watch it, to be honest, because if I remember right, like the film was like the at least the Snyder cut, which I again, I dug the look. And I also really dug his uh, um, the way that it, it was a very much uh, a noir black and white, like really, really yeah. dark um, and, and huge contrast. Like, I feel like it, it was made to be more black and white, in my personal opinion. But like it was, you know, so decent, you know, so dark anyways, when it was in color and. Like he might as well as. Yeah, he definitely kind of went for that dark and shadowy and kind of like subdued look. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say desaturated, but I don't know. I feel like the colors that were there were very. That was kind saturated. of the word I was looking for, desaturated. But yeah, then again, maybe not that. That's. I think it was just dark in tone, and like in the, in the in the palettes, but like also, it was a weird juxtaposition. I think that like the visual like colors were very dark and. um lacking color at some points but the colors that were being shown were very vibrant yeah yeah but i sound more pretentious talking about you a did fucking a super, superhero movie yeah that but, i'm yeah shitting on hey you know what you know there was an exact 
like boardroom of people that had this exact yeah. same conversation when it was getting made. Like yeah. they're talking about, oh yeah, you know the vibrant colors, even though they're making a superhero film. I feel like a I feel like a millennial Roger Ebert now. I mean <laughs> Roger Douchebert. But at the same time, uh, I, I I feel like what was I going to say? I had a thing prepared kind of about superhero movies. I do feel like what you were saying earlier, some people might be getting tired of them a little bit. I certainly but but the thing is, some of them still bring in the money, like Guardians of Galaxy Three. You know, I'm well, okay, sure it, yeah, you're right because I do want to see that one. Same here. You I know? didn't get around to it, but I really want to. But if we're thinking about like if we're talking about the the um output of what I want to see versus the input of what's going out there or the output of what's going out there, like the the percentages, like I, that's what one of like I feel like. If you add all the um, streaming series and like one of twenty projects, they're like, okay, I'll check that one out. But I, I like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tune into all these other things so I could just understand what this little minute snippet is of them. Like, oh yeah, well that's what happened over here. Of course, <laughs> even then, of course, movie budgets have gotten so insane. Yeah. Like a movie this day and age can make four or five hundred million dollars, and they could still talk about, oh, they it was still a, a flop, you know? And it's like, yeah, really, like. And, and I guess it's because not only production costs are so high, but marketing costs, everything involved. But, eventually, the U.S. Like dollar, yeah, the U.S. dollar is going to eventually become fucking yen, where it's like, oh, it's yeah. $10,000 for a pack of gum. Yeah. You know, like, I was, uh, sorry to cut you off there. Um, I was watching that uh, documentary I was telling you about, about that corrupt cop in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, and this guy that he uh, got to go in with him to be another corrupt cop. It's like, it was very enticing, you know? And like... It was like not meant to be taken this way, but when he said it, I was just like, he's like, you know, I was only I was making a paycheck of like six hundred dollars a week, which is not much. But the, yeah. then he he was listening. He's like, you know, and I had two cars, a mortgage. Like, how the fuck can you afford that on six hundred dollars a week? Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> dude, I had a moment like that too, and I had to do. I had to go to the inflation calculator to see. Yeah. Uh, this was a like a Christmas or two back, but it was a it's a wonderful life. And there's the scene where Potter tries to uh, hire Ed Bailey, you mm-hmm. know, you know, because basically, I guess he, you know, because he wants to create Potterville or whatever. So he tries to like pay him to work for him to kind of get him out of the way. And he offers to pay him $40,000 a year. And Ed Bailey's just blown away, like $40,000 $40, a year. He's like, but, but for what? For just for me to, he's like $40,000 a year. And I was like, yeah. So I had to go to the inflation calculator. Dude, if you adjust that for 1946 money when the movie was made, that's like $600,000 a year. Fucking A, dude. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's fucking nuts. Yeah, because yeah. I remember watching it being like, okay, I realize oh, inflation, but yeah. like, like, dude is just flabbergasted at 40K a year. And, and you know, so, in yeah. hindsight, it's not even 100 years later. Yeah, no, no, no. People born then were still are, are still alive. Many of them, fucking ah, oh, like it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> you know where it's just like the Ed Bailey of this generation, like forty thousand dollars a year. Oh, yeah, wow, uh, I can pay off uh, five eighths of a student loan. But M- M- Mr. Potter, forty thousand dollars a year. You know that's uh, uh, that, that, that's crazy. You know, but yeah, but, 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 but you know because he always stammers. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a. Yeah, you know that's a six months lease in Santa Monica. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I could make a down payment on uh, on a place in 
Riverside, you know, like, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> or whatever. I yeah. don't know, but yeah, okay, insane, dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, but what was I gonna look? Uh, I make a point, like, because even not that long ago, too, a movie makes like 200 million dollars at the box office, and they were like, oh, it was a smash hit, it was the highest grossing movie of the year, and nowadays. A movie makes two hundred million bucks, and they talk about yeah, like heck what up your shit. failure it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, low hundreds of millions. You piece of dog shit. Take your movie badge and prop gun and get out of my office. Yeah, like uh, for example, nineteen ninety one Terminator two. What was it? Uh. Yeah, from from what I'm seeing here, now I don't know if this is just domestic or worldwide. Oh, domestic daily, it made 201 million. Which again, even though it's only been what 30 years, still like the inflation of that is like what, what would that be equivalent to now? Like close to a billion. Well, well, let's look it up and see. Uh... Because that's also what's crazy about it is, like, as we were just saying, more people were going to the movies back then. True. So more, yeah, exactly. the dollar was being spent more so, arguably. Well, and you also got to think tickets were cheaper, too. So. Well, that's my point, though. So you, yeah. you throw in the inflation. If there was a way we could, you know, figure out, like, how many tickets were sold versus, like, you know, how much money was made. Yeah. I bet Terminator 2 would still probably come out on top over, like, fucking, you know, Avengers Endgame or whatever. Okay, so I'm not going to go down to the exact dollar. We're gonna. We're just gonna do two hundred and one million. Make sure I got all my zeros right. Uh, so, oh, uh, let's see. When was it released? We will go to the month. Ninety one or ninety two. Ninety one. So July yeah. of ninety one. Let's. So let's go from July of ninety one to now. Oh man. Well. Well. The. Bureau of Labor and Statistics will only let me go up to 10 million. Maybe I can find another calculator that'll be fairly close. That's uh, why, I wonder why it has a limit. That's... I don't know. Well, let's try this. Uh, oh, that just links me to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. You think they get like an alert, like, oh no, a public school kid is trying to educate Uh-oh. himself. Yeah, but- he's. Put a block on that. Yeah, he's figuring out what we're doing here. Yeah. 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 Next thing we know, he's going to want to know how to do his own taxes. <laughs> we can't have that. <laughs> yeah. What if he figures out he can have deductions? Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I don't see the worldwide on here. Oh, they have a domestic all time. I guess maybe that counts uh, the re release. I don't see any numbers there, though. Well, if we can't find it, we can't find it. Yeah, but we, I, I, don't I think uh, I don't think we're going to be blowing anyone's mind. It would have been a lot more today, given the uh, ticket sales. I bet. You know, oh, probably. Uh, actually, this day and age, you may not. It may not because it said that would be about four hundred forty-eight point eight million dollars. See, but then again, I'm also making the argument, though, as you were saying, ticket prices were lower. Like, if there was a way that they they kept track of like how many tickets were sold. At all the theaters. Oh, know. and then and then I would uh, I, I would almost I would say almost that with hundred percent certainty that it would be equivalent to, if not greater than, 
you know, uh, whatever the biggest box office movie now was. I think that, did Ava- actually, Avatar actually, I think it might still be Avatar because yeah. I want to say Endgame overtook it, but then, you know, they had to do another re-release yeah. of Avatar and then I think it took it back. Yeah. Also, not even the new one. It was just a re-release. Yeah. So I think Avatar 1 is still in the first place oh. spot. Although Avatar 2 still did pretty well. It made like $2.2 billion. Yeah. That's another one like... I don't know. Maybe the, the second one was good. I did you watch? It. Did you watch it? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to check it out. It just kind of seems like it's a homework assignment. I don't know how so much. So James Cameron, if we go to the top five highest ranking films of all time, he has the one, three, and four spot. Wow. Yeah, Avatar at one, Avatar two at three, and Titanic at four. Must really suck to be old James Cameron, man. Yeah, all of them above two billion dollars. Yeah, which Titanic you have to say is very impressive because it did that in 1997, and it's still in the top five. Yeah, we'll talk about another guy who is uh, just you know really you know setting the bar for visual effects. Well, heck, Terminator Two, exactly too. I mean, yeah. that's James Cameron as well. Which and I guess it, maybe watching The Way of Water might be worth it. Just for, like maybe 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 I'm wrong. Maybe James Cameron did something with the the sequel to Avatar visually ground breaking that like oh well that's something new uh he did i don't know if you would uh well i know he used some new cameras but like again it's all vfx and it's just like i don't know i don't know well they had to they had to uh engineer a new method of motion capture to be able to do it underwater oh is a lot of it taking place underwater yeah i don't want to spoil it too much without you watching it but there is a lot with water yeah hence the title Yeah. yeah yeah that's the way apparently yeah of water Okay, I'll give it a whirl. You know what? I'll yeah. tell you what. I'll uh, I'll make that in my assignment for this week. I'll watch. Maybe maybe you go back and rewatch it too. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll rewatch uh, Avatar: The Way of Water. Watch, yeah, and uh, we'll discuss it on the next episode. Absolutely. And you'll um you'll take this intervention that I gave you to heart, and maybe you'll tucked away right here. Yeah, yeah. You'll uh, give it a good untuck into the um, social medias. Of our podcast, which, by the way, we are also, that's another thing I meant, forgot to mention, which, uh, hey, everybody uh, who's, um, you know, learning about uh, this, um, this threads, as, uh, as I am. Uh, I saw about that. Yeah. yeah we're that's on, good thinking that you're already on that. Yeah. yeah. We're on the threads. So. Nice. Find us on there. Find us where, on Instagram threads. Where John, now that he's had a, a change of heart, um, is going to be putting out so much short form content right there there there's going to be some some significant effort made john didn't want to make short form content yeah. but what he didn't know was that short form content wanted to make him all right, man. I think that's. I, I feel like we're at an hour. I didn't really meet, remember to keep track this time, but I feel nah, like... we're around that too. I've been sort of watching the clock. I don't remember exactly what time we started, but we yeah. got to be getting pretty close. Yeah. All right. Well, you um, like I said, digest that intervention, have that uh, that transformational uh, Peter Gabriel moment. I'm gonna take a long, good long look in the mirror. Yeah, and then you know, um, have a good long look in the mirror, and then a good long look at Avatar: The Way of Water. Yes, I will definitely watch that. And we will talk 
I'm a little, a little alarmed by the uh, the quickness of your agreement to watching The Way of Water and the hesitation you had <laughs> <laughs> with everything else I just said. Right. I don't. I don't know. I don't make the rules. So you know. But you do. But you but, do. You know. I do what I can, but. Uh, John didn't think he made the rules. <laughs> but eventually he realized he was the one in control of his own body. Yeah. John's going to do some short form content. If he does, in my head will explode. So, yeah, just we'll, uh, we'll, we'll tune into that. And then we'll, uh, we'll pop in next week for our fifth episode of the season. Okay, right. bro? Yeah. All right. All right. Be, yeah. Be well. We'll see you. Adios. Well, how about that for another episode there, dear listener? And once again, we thank you all, all you big boys and big girls all around the world tuning in and checking out our podcast. Big ups to the Canada. Big ups to the Britain, or the United Kingdom, I should say, in general. Um, to Romania. Uh, I think we we got a listener or two in France, and um, Germany, and Switzerland, and all those other little fun places. And also, hey, big ups to the US. Thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, where would we be without your tuning? Hmm. I shudder to think. So therefore I won't. And that way I could be sans shuddering. Oh, sure hope you enjoyed this episode. And tune in for the next one. Where we talk about a, a range of all sorts of topics. But more so, the way of the water topics. We did. We did uh, stay with our homework, uh, is what I'm saying. We uh, we both did go back and watch uh, Avatar: The Way of Water and discuss that uh, in a segment in our show next week. So look forward to that. Um. Also, John did uh, zero Neil. Nada in way of um, promoting the show. So also, in this next episode, there is a recording of me giving him a follow-up intervention. So tune in for that as well. As I, uh, well, perhaps we'll maybe make it a weekly habit to come on, uh, to come down on my very long-time friend for um, just... Uh, Generally, not being a guy who is the, uh, affected by, you know, um, deadlines uh, or, or ambition or, or drive of the human spirit or um, really anything. The man is impenetrable when it comes to making... I certainly can't make him. Or what I mean is, the man is impenetrable when it comes to trying to convince him to do anything other than what he wants to do. And I struggle 
between being envious and irate. <clears throat> irate, rather. I write about how irate I get and the envy of how he can just do that and uh, not feel the guilt. Oh, what a sweet luxury it must be and how great it must be to be the so-called John the Great. For I tell you, if I said I was going to do something and then, you know, didn't do it for a period of six months and someone repeatedly called me out for it, I would feel pretty bad. But this just washes right over the old John John's shoulders. Hmm. Maybe all that hair helps just, you know, keep the guilt off there. <laughs> Only kidding, in fact. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, he's a one of a kind. And I wouldn't have it any other way. For as I said before, I would, uh, I would just be a big boy without him to pluralize this big boys podcast that you're listening to. And I also live in Los Angeles, so I feel like it's, if I was trying to call myself big boy, it would only be a matter of time before the big boy um, finds his way to my doorstep and tells me, hey, knock that shit off. And also check out these pre or used or new Hyundais that I'm uh, putting ads for on all the bus stops. And in closing, as always, I'd like to say, Como se llama hermana? Lo siento pelapento. Get on my night, all my sweet North Texans. And good all my night, all my fellow Angelinos. Have some sweet dreams, world. And everyone else out there in the galaxy who was able to hear the sound of my voice. I might have just had a stroke. This has been another episode of the Big Boys Podcast. Big Boys is a podcast produced by Not So Funny or Proud Productions. The team consists of co-hosts, co-producers, and co-editors Brian Hickey and John Sorrells, better known as John the Great. For more information about the duo or this show, please visit us at bigboyspodspot.com or feel free to take a gander at our production page, notsofunnyorproud.com. Look us up on social media and follow us at Big Boys Podspot. New episodes drop every Thursday on every popular podcast hosting platform known to man. So please be sure to like, subscribe, vibe, describe, contrive, confide, collide, abide, preside, tell your tribe, and most importantly, do prescribe. Me and Elixir for talking at the side of my neck. <laughs>